What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is the smell of a warm, three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Welcome to Geek 5 Live! Hey, this is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy on Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. What's going on, Geek Vibes Nation? This is a new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I know you're a little confused because you're like, wait a minute, it's Sunday, but you are in the right place. We have switched days from Saturday to Sunday. We are now um, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, so, you know, don't adjust the dial. Everything's correct. Um, let me introduce our panelists. Um, Nick, what's going on, Nick? What's up, guys? I, uh, I have to admit, um, as both of you were a little, uh, shocked to, to have me on at the very beginning of the show, the new intro sounds fucking amazing. That's, that's good stuff, man. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and we cannot forget Dane. What's going on, Dane? Hey, I have to also admit that I am currently constipated. Hopefully, I'll figure that <laughs> out. All right, um, and Joel will be joining us a little bit later. Um, so let's get into it, guys. Let's talk. Um, let's see. Let's get into this because I think this might be a little bit of fun to start off with, mainly because me and Dane are um, or on two different sides of it. Um, so it was announced maybe three, four days ago that the Fast and Furious uh, Part 9, I guess is what you call it, or Fast and Furious 9, rather, um, would be delayed until 2020. That then prompted Kyrie to call out Dwayne The Rock Johnson because his spinoff of Hobbs, alongside of Jason Statham, would be coming out, I believe, a year or two earlier than that. So they delayed Fast and the Furious, and they put in the uh, the Hobbs spinoff. Um, Tyrese went on a whole uh, thing of calling out The Rock, saying that he's selfish, saying that he was putting himself first. Don't really see what's wrong with that. But, um, you know, just really started ripping into him about how uh, he's trying to tear apart the Fast and Furious family. Uh, we had a video from Vin Diesel about a day ago um, where he came out and said, everything's all good, you know, we're in support of what The Rock is doing, blah, 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 kind of trying to ease the tension because at some point these guys are going to have to come back together to then film Fast and Furious 9. 
So if you're Vin Diesel, the last thing you want is The Rock to say, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to come back. Uh, that would be very detrimental. Um, so, Dane, I'm going to start with you. Whose side were you on on this? Not really a side thing, mainly because The Rock never responded because he just doesn't have to. Um, but how do you feel about Tyrese calling The Rock out the way that he did? I, when analyzing it and going back and seeing that obviously he was passionate and passion causes anger to go on a very emotional level, I realized how it was coming off, but a little bit to me, and I think that you're going to feel this way regardless of, you know, if it's opposite for extremes and and maybe Nick too, you don't bite the hand at feeds. And I have in front of me the quote, and since we have some time, obviously, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say the quote from online and then, Dwayne Johnson's response, which is like two sentences on Twitter. First of all, I, I don't even know what to believe anymore if any of this shit's real, because remember Vin Diesel and the Rocks thing, and then we heard that it might be something going on with WWE, and then that was all bullshit, and we still don't know if Vin Diesel and the Rock actually had beef or if that was publicity. So that's, that's another thing altogether. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but Larry said, diversity, love, multi-ethnic, worldwide, multi-generational, United Nations, one race, Fam, or fast family until Dwayne showed up. I guess this whole time, by the way, there's no period, so I'm having, you know, just bear with me. Uh, until <laughs> Dwayne showed up, I guess this whole time he had a problem because he wasn't the only one on the movie poster. I guess dreams do come true. Congratulations to AJ Garcia, I believe that's director, and The Rock. You guys are just amazing. You really broke up the fast family. I tried to warn you guys. You thought I was hating. I was simply fighting to keep the family together. And what makes us great is when you see us all together, we don't fly solo. My last post today, I got three years of venting on this clown. They offered, but you didn't have to agree with the solo. Hobbs movie, uh, this is about the original Fast Family. We salute you and stand on your shoulders. Uh, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Rob Cohen, Roman Tejia were offered a spinoff, and they turned it down. And turned it down is in all caps on the thing. And The Rock said, and this is kind of how I feel towards it, my goal from day one was to come in and create an exciting, fun character for the fans, elevate the franchise, and build it out. So here's the thing. Tyrese doesn't, let's be honest, besides the Transformers movie and being a side character, outside of Baby Boy, the Fast franchise in this have been his his, his breadwinners. And I don't think he's thinking like this, but I'm just thinking logically in my head. Yeah, they have solo films. You're pissed off about that. I get it. But at the end of the day, this whole fucking franchise wouldn't really be the same without Dwayne Johnson coming in there and revitalizing it. Without his, you know, him coming in there, I wouldn't have given a shit and gone back, watched Fast Five, gone, huh, I didn't like two, three, or four. But, man, now it's really starting to go in, like, an action style, like, fun action movie. This is cool. And Rock and Vin Diesel having them fight in the movie, very, very cool, different aspect. Rock put butts in seats. He always does. He's called Franchise Viagra for a reason. So I find this a little bit whiny and kind of petty, to be honest with you, of, 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 of Gibson. And, on, it's like, what the – like, I keep on saying, like, what would he be doing besides being a side character in a movie where he's especially lesser, I'm sorry, compared to The Rock in the movies? Um, I will. I, I I don't necessarily disagree with you at all. Um, I do just want to uh, state though he did have a um, a pretty successful musical career. 
Um, no, 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 yeah, yeah. That's not, I, I'm, I, right. I, I did forget about that. I'm not trying to cut you off. Tyrese is an amazing no, R&B legend from the 90s. He's a great singer, but it's like Jennifer Lopez, like if she was this pompous about it. Like, you guys are great singers, right. but you also did, did something in acting. I don't think he's a horrible actor. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, I, did, I didn't mean to cut you off, though. No, 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 no. You're good. Um, I just that's one of, I just want to make sure I, I threw that in there. Um, I don't have a disagreement with what you're saying at all. Um, the way I looked at it, though, was from two sides. One, anytime you have a chance to better yourself or further yourself, you should never turn it down. Um, and if you're a true friend, you should never want your true friend to ever turn down uh, the possibility of, um, you know, furthering themselves. So it'd be stupid for him to turn that down. Um, it'd be really stupid, especially the money Jason Statham and The Rock could bring in for that project. I don't get how that makes sense. Now, the um, again, to that uh, more to that point, that's a studio decision. That's not The Rock strong-arming anybody. That's, that's the studio's decision to push Fast 9 back and elevate um, the Hobbs solo. So I don't put you know, I don't put that on the shoulders of The Rock. I don't really think that's fair to do that. Now, um, from Tyrese's standpoint, let's say, and it goes, I think you kind of, you were, your, your point kind of helps my point a little bit, Dane. You were saying, if not for Fast and Furious, what else would he be doing? I think that's the point he's trying to make. Like, a lot of these guys, all they have is Fast and Furious. And this is something they always look forward to doing. You know, uh, you know, they come together, film this movie that does really well in the box office. Um, so to him, it's like, all right, well, we had a thing of every two or three years, the Fast and Furious movie was being pooped out. Now this changes that. And he's looking at it as a scapegoat of it's because of The Rock. But I always look at it like it's, definitely a studio thing the studio decided that's what they think is the best course of action for the uh i i even want to say the biggest actor in hollywood right now the rock um you kind of want to do something that can kind of span past just the fast and furious movies so i mean it's a studio thing i don't really put that on the rock but i kind of get where tyrese is coming from but, um, Nick, what were your thoughts? Uh, well, first and foremost, um, I guess Tyrese ain't getting that Green Lantern role after all. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, if if he was getting that, he probably wouldn't be bitching about shit. Um, no, he But, wouldn't. no, I mean, for the most part, I, I agree with, with kind of Dane's initial comment is that, you know, I mean, it does seem like a little petty. And and furthermore, my, my second point is this. Um, I don't understand. Okay, first of all, I hope this rift breaks up the whole fucking crew and we don't get any more Fast and Furious movies because I don't want to see any more Fast and Furious movies. Um, they lost me at about six. Um, I made it halfway through seven, and when cars started jumping from building to building in Dubai, I was just like, all right, dude, I'm done. I'm done, fellas. Um, however, uh, that with that being said, like, if they're going to do a spinoff movie with The Rock and Jason Statham, I, I don't understand why they can't just do a fast movie without the two of them. Um, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know that they've played, especially The Rock, has played a vital part in that movie. But I think you could easily write a story that doesn't have those two characters involved. And you could use that as an opportunity to bring in even more actors into that family. Um, so you could have, you know, your your Vin Diesel, your Tyrese, um, Luda, um, Jordana Brewster, anybody that you want to have, like, involved who's part of the crew, Michelle Rodriguez. And then, you know, reach out and bring in somebody else who's, like, another kind of action star. Um, you know, whether it be, like, an old-school guy like Kurt Russell or Sylvester Stallone, or whether it be um, somebody younger like a John Cena. Um, I mean, I just think that the – I think the studio – and what you said, Joanne, kind of triggered me on this. It's a studio decision. It's a studio decision, and I do think it is. The studio is not using enough foresight to be like, well, if we're going to have, you know, The Rock and Statham do their own thing, maybe we can have, like – a, a fast movie without them that takes place at the same time and then they connect back up, um, you know, at the end. Um, and we can bring in new characters for this, this fast movie and everything else. Um, I, to me, I, again, I agree with, with you in the sense, one, it's a studio decision. And I think the studio is, is making the wrong decision in the sense of if, if The Rock is, is putting your fast movie on hold, do a fast movie without The Rock let The Rock and Statham have their side movie and then, you know, have those both those movies connect and then, you know, and then you really have the start of um, that kind of extended universe that every studio is looking to build nowadays. And you already have more than enough of a, of a um, platform um, to launch that. But that's that's even to the point Dane was trying to make. The Rock is the reason that Fast Nine isn't coming out. I I assume when Tyrese wanted it, or it was supposed to come out. Um, I mean, even in what Dane was reading, uh, Tyrese was saying how they offered uh, spinoff movies to other people and they turned it down. Which means the studio went to them and said, "Hey, people really love your character. How about you do a spinoff?" And they said, "No." I don't really think that's the case. I don't think there's many people whose career spans past Fast and the Furious that it'd be smart for them to turn it down. But even if it is the case, I mean, you just went against yourself because you just, you just said it was a studio thing of them coming to someone else. So now you're trying to make it seem like The Rock is, is, is throwing around his weight. I, I don't know. I just, I, I doubt it's anything like that. I don't disagree with your point of creating an extended universe, but I think, uh, and it's universal, I believe, that, that has uh, Fast and Furious. I think they're thinking, why can't we have it all? Why can't we have a spinoff with The Rock and have a Fast 9 with The Rock? Um, I don't necessarily think that's the greatest of ideas, but I do like the idea you gave me of we now know who the villain of <laughs> the Hobbs in um, Jason Statham movie can be. It could be John Cena. Now I kind of want that. Um, <laughs> I kind of hate you for that because now, now I got to look forward to more stories of the Fast franchise. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, like I said, I don't disagree with Dane at all. Kind of have to play devil's advocate. So if you're looking, if you wanted to look at it from Tyrese's standpoint, not that it's right or even necessarily makes the most of sense, you always kind of want to give an idea on what the other guy's perspective may be, whether it's right or wrong. 
Um, but like I said, I don't disagree. I, I, I don't think The Rock deserves all this pettiness he's getting from Tyrese, um, especially when the guy's been a consummate professional about everything, even the, the whole Vin Diesel beef. He was very professional about it. So I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about that. Tyrese just needs to get over it, I guess. Uh, find something else. You know what I would say to him? Album. If I was The Rock, I would say to Tyrese, I would go, what's your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> now you got to throw a rock bottom somewhere in there. Uh, rock bottom! JR comes out of nowhere. Uh, oh my God, he broke him in half! All that shit. <laughs> let's, let's move on from that. Um, so we got some news about this Gambit movie that I don't necessarily think people want, but evidently we need. Court. Uh, <laughs> Gore Verbinski is set to direct uh, The Gambit, obviously with Channing Tatum um, as the lead. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on the director, and do you really have interest in a Gambit movie, or would you rather him just kind of fit into an X-Men film? Um, As far as the director, (laughs) like, I mean, he's he's not a bad director. I mean... He makes uh he's made some decent films. He's never made a great film. Um so, you know, there's that. Um and I would I would like my my Gambit movie to be a great film. Um but no, I love Gambit. I I've I've been really hyped for a Gambit movie for a long time. I I I think he's a a very intriguing character. The fact that he's he's like the scorpion of the X-Men world where, you know, Scorpion's always been this neutral um, entity within the, the Mortal Kombat universe. You, Gambit's like that. Um, not in the cartoon, you know, he takes more of a side in the cartoon, but, but in the, in the comics realm, you know, he, he's, he's, he's very shady, mischievous. Um, I think there's a lot of complexities to that character that will be interesting to explore. Um, I just really hope they make it about the Thieves Guild um, because, that is the most interesting aspect about Gambit is the fact that he steals shit for a living. Um, and that's what I want to see. Um, I, the director, I, I mean, I, I, I just think that it's, it's with, with him at the helm, I think it's probably going to be a decent film. I want it to be better than that. I'm optimistic that it could be better than that. Every Every filmmaker who's ever made decent films, um, you know, usually you'll have at least one film in a successful director's repertoire that, like, just stands out. And you're like, that is their movie. And I'm hoping that this is this is the one for him. Um, but I'm cautiously optimistic. And to answer your your overarching question, no, we don't need a Gambit movie, but yes, I would like a really, really good Thieves Guild Gambit movie. I think it would be very entertaining. I think it could be a very interesting portrayal of the character, and if you set the character up right, he can... Um, I really think he's the type of character because he doesn't have a direct affiliation to either the X-Men or the Brotherhood um, to where you could utilize that down the road um, and work him into different X-Men stories later on. Um, and I think he is, in, in that essence, the type of character that you would want to have his own story. 
Right. No, I, I completely agree with that sentiment. Uh, I had two questions I wanted to ask you before I pass the, the same uh, same thing over to Dane. Do sure. you want this to be a heist kind of movie? Yes, absolutely. No, okay. I do. I, okay. I Yeah, I mean, I want it to circle around the Thieves Guild and have almost like, okay, so if you're watching Deadpool and, you, and you're looking at these guys interacting in the bar and they, they, they're all assassins and everything else. I want that kind of atmosphere, except they're all thieves. And obviously a slightly different um, touch to it, because it's probably a little, maybe even a little less comedic, a little rougher around the edges, but but still nevertheless the same kind of feel. Yes, I, I think it should be a heist movie. Uh, I'm not sure what he should steal, um, but and I, I definitely think the Thieves Guild should be just, one of the major anchoring parts of that story. So like a mutant ocean. Uh, Mm -hmm. And my second question, my second question to that is, and it's kind of putting you on the spot. So if you don't have anyone, you can just say you don't have anyone. Um, Who would you like to see direct a Gambit movie? Oh, wow. Um, I, I mean, I could go with who I would absolutely love to see or who I could re- realistically see. Um, who I would no, either or. love to see. Uh, I would love to see, you know, someone like a David Fincher. Um, now, that is completely out of the realm of possibility, um, more than likely. I'm like 99% sure that's completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, as far as uh, who, who may be realistic, um, Huh. You know what? Go to Dane. I'm going to think about that and then shoot back to me before you close out the subject. I think I can come up with okay. someone by then. All right, not a problem. Dane, so I'll pass the same thing to you. Uh, is a Gambit movie necessary? And how do you feel about the director? Uh, how do you feel about Gore Verbinski uh, as the director of it? I have been saying for a long time, I think it would be more necessary and apply better if they launched him from another X-Men movie. And, like, whether it be X-Force, whether it be X-Men, something along those lines, and kind of introduced him into another movie. Even with Chain Tatum as big a star power as he has, you know, I feel like the character is not as big in value as when I was a kid. Gambit was huge when I was younger in the 90s because of the animated series. Him and Wolverine were like two of the most popular characters amongst the whole entire cast. So, and Rogue and obviously Jubilee, like that whole entire version was huge in the 90s. So if they do it right, yeah, I would love to see a Gambit movie. Is it necessary? No, they could probably be doing other characters. But at this point, Fox has shown such dedication to making different films, and they have so many in the pipeline that I'm looking forward to. If this is something else I want to do, great. It's been in production hell for a long time. Uh, I would have loved and seen uh, Doug Lyman do it, uh, but obviously he stepped off the project. Uh, man, saying that, is there a downgrade between Doug Lyman and uh, Gorb Verzinski? Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, Gore's made some movies I've really liked. I love The Ring. I love The Weatherman with uh, Nicolas Cage. I love the first Pirates movie. But he's also made stuff like Rango and The Lone Ranger and A Cure for the Wellness and the other Pirates movies and Rings, the sequel to it, all under him. So, And The Mexican. Uh, never was a big fan of that movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's terrible. But, I, I mean, you can't, you can't judge just based on stuff like that. 
Um, and maybe there's more to them. So if they got him for a director, it just doesn't seem like – it doesn't wow me or anything like that. And it doesn't make me really excited about seeing the movie compared to other directors. Like when, I, when they said Doug Lyman, I was like, all right, they got Shane Tatum, they got Doug Lyman. I can deal with that. I'm sure they can make it good. But it's got to be a heist movie, like Nick said. He's got to be centered in the middle between being a good guy and being a, being a bad guy, you know, just like the character. And it's got to get him in some type of direction. Uh, I don't know. If, if I were to have anyone, I, I actually think this is a character that Tarantino – could actually do a, a pretty good self-contained film like a heist movie involving Gambit and other, you know, uh, villains, if you will, in the world of, of uh, criminals in the mutant world. Uh, this is something that he actually could do if you made it much more, like I said, contained, like Logan is, um, and by itself. Uh, he's never going to do that, but you said anyone. Um, I think that Joe Carnahan should be doing this, but he's doing X-Force, so that would be my next uh, person in line because I love Smoking Aces, and if you had that type of vibe mixed with, um, like you said, uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven, kind of mix those two vibes together, intense action and a badass leading character, it could be cool. But yeah, I'm less interested now that I found out that Gore's the director. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, I think we have Joel on. Joel, what's going on? Buddy? We... Yeah, that's me. That's me. What up? <laughs> Boo. Boo. Fuck right. him. No, wait. I'm sorry. Is that me? <laughs> yes, that'd be you. Um, all right. So I'll pass it to you. I was just asking. We were talking about uh, Gore Verbinski um, directing Gambit, uh, obviously with Channing Tatum still being the, the lead for it. So I'll post you the same questions I posed to um, – Dane and Nick, how do you feel about Gore being the director of Gambit? And the other part of that question is, is do you feel as though a Gambit movie is even necessary? Um, no, I don't think a Gambit movie is necessary, but a lot of movies aren't really necessary. Uh, we got to just do it because we want to. And if that's what they want to do, I'm not going to argue with it. Cause I, I like Gambit. I'm, I've been a big fan of Gambit since I was a kid. Like Dane was saying, uh, he was a big he was a very popular character amongst many of the kids, and if you if you weren't Wolverine, you were probably Gambit, and that's just how things went. Um, I have no problems with Gore Verbinski being the director. I mean, he has directed some. He's, he has some good shit and he has some bad shit. I mean, you got you got to take some and you got to lose some, but at the same time, there are some successful ones. And if that's where they're going, and they feel like he can tell the story that they want to tell, because they did go back to the drawing board and rewrite and change things up to after they saw what um logan did and what deadpool did and they kind of they kind of switched it up and we, we like we've i think we've heard that they were trying they're kind of going in a like oceans 11 type of direction with it and having gambit and his um like this group of uh thieves mutant thieves that they go out and steal whatever they got to steal and possibly mr sinister being in it and i heard uh um I think it was multiple man possibly being in it and um a couple other characters i can't remember off the top of my head but yeah, I mean, I'm interested in what I'm hearing. I'm not even sure if that's part of the same script that they're currently using. Uh, if it's Gore, fine. I don't know. I mean, hit or miss happen all the time with directors. So, again, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the pirate movie, so it's not really. I'm not going to use that against him. Um, but yeah, I'm open to it. I have no, I have no specific director I want to see. Like, I don't really care. I have no, like, I can't think of one in particular. I just know what kind of style I want to see, and I, I just. And I can't think of anyone specifically that because Gambit. I can't think of a good storyline to use a Gambit, honestly. 
And I, but I do like the idea of an Ocean's Eleven type of movie with mutants. And so if he's the main character of that, um, it works out for me. And I'm really looking forward to Channing, T- Channing Tatum do his thing because I've been waiting like forever now. He's been Channing, he's been Gambit, or at least he's been attached to the Gambit for like four years. It feels like. I think I'm I'm actually pretty accurate on that. But whatever, I just wanted to happen already. So that's kind of where uh, that's where I'm at on that. Yeah, I mean, we can see what comes first: uh, The Rock as. Um, Black Adam or Channing Tatum as Gambit. We'll see what uh, we'll see what comes first. Uh, that'll that'll be fun to see. Um, Nick, before I move forward, did you uh, yes. find out what you were thinking about? Okay, go ahead. Yes, um, I would go with Christopher McQuarrie. Um, Christopher McQuarrie, uh, he's a writer and a director. He's a fantastic writer. Um, he wrote The Usual Suspects. Um, he wrote The Way of the Gun and directed it. That was his directorial debut. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Um, he's more notably known recently for doing, um, uh, I think, at least two, maybe three of the Die Hard, uh, not Die Hard, I'm sorry, Mission Impossible uh, films. I think he's done the last two, and he's set to do the third, the next one, a third one for him. Um, and he also did um, the... Uh, um, Edge of Tomorrow, the Live, Die, Repeat uh, movie, which um, was amazing. If if I mean I don't I don't know how many of y'all saw it, but it was an absolute uh, triumph and an an underrated film. Um, I think he would be perfect. He could write a script. He could direct it. Um, he's is like if you've ever seen The Usual Suspects, you can see the nuance in his writing. I think it would work perfectly for uh, a character like Gambit. Um, that is that is who I would love to see do it, um, and I think actually there might be a chance that he would do it. Um, and furthermore, I, I, I'm going to just go ahead and say that's who I would want to do it, even above David Fincher. Um, I love David Fincher. Um, I think he's a, a better director, but I think um, Christopher McQuarrie would be way more suited for um, that type of film. Um, so that would be my choice. That's very interesting because I did love um, Edge of Tomorrow and uh, the Mission Impossible film. So that would be really interesting. Um, Now that we have the full uh, core group here, let's get into the highlight of today. Um, Let's get into the Justice League trailer. Let's get into some trailer talk. Um, Today around like 9 in the morning, they released uh, the final Justice League trailer. It uh, comes out in about a month and a half, I believe. I could be a little off or too far, whatever. Um, but it dropped today. So, Joel, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the final Justice League trailer? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty good trailer. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the best trailer I've ever seen or anything, but it was okay. Um, I watched it again recently, and there's a lot of cool scenes in it. Um, I, I loved in the, the first scene with with Clark in the fields and him wearing the the plaid shirt uh, uh, as a throwback to like uh, the, the original Superman and the whole thing being a dream sequence for him being getting married. I really loved that scene. We saw some new scenes with Cyborg and Flash and the one of the scenes with Cyborg he has uh, the hoodie on. He's like looking at videos from like his football days. I'm like that was a pretty cool scene. We see a lot. Um, the big war scenes we see a guy, one of the, like like a regular dude turned into like a, a parademon. So there's a, a lot of new shots. 
but mo- but for the most part, it was a lot of stuff we've already seen, just maybe extended, and a little more dialogue scenes that we got to get a little more of a feel. For, for me, this even though it was, there were some dark scenes, I felt like this was a little bit brighter than what we were like the other two. And I wasn't a huge fan of the song choice because it just didn't feel right. I mean, it wasn't a terrible song, but at the same time, it just didn't it didn't flow well with the rest of the trailer. So I kind of felt like that song kind of held it down a little bit. But I did enjoy what I saw. We got to see Aquaman underwater, like 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 good, like a good shot of him underwater. I really enjoyed the way that looked. Um, Flash doing his thing and little the little thing at the end with uh, with him having uh, looking at the bat signal and geeking out. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, overall, it was an okay trailer. I liked it. Um, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't bad at all, in my opinion. And um, I think it could have been better. And I, I, I think I probably enjoyed the last one a little bit better than this one. But it, I, I, I liked it, and I didn't, I didn't hate it at all. So, yeah, that, that's really my opinion on it. Uh, the biggest thing we were talking about uh, before the show started, me, Nick, and Dane, was um, the placing of this trailer. Uh, this trailer had come out before the last one, and the last one is what this trailer was. I, I don't think I would have had any issue with it. Um, it was kind of a, an emotional trailer, this this last one was, um, that I took from it. And I felt as though that, you know, that was okay, but that would have been better if it was the second trailer and then the one we got before this one was the final one, only because that last one completely got me amped up like it got me amped as if like that movie was coming out like that night I was just so amped and then this one not that my excitement for Justice League changed because it didn't I'd be lying if I said it did um something that made me go oh my goodness after seeing this like come on let's go man you got a month and like no that that didn't do it for me and I just thought the placement of it was wrong that if they had switched the two I would have appreciated this trailer more uh, because I knew we had another one in the in the tuck. But we, we know that after this trailer, since it was the final one, we're just getting TV spots. Um, so I didn't think that was the best way to end. It was, and we said this in our group chat, it was kind of playing it safe. Um, we understand yeah. why they did it. We understand why they did it. Uh, we're not going to necessarily completely judge them uh, harshly about it. I mean, because it had really great visuals, uh, like we assume the movie's going to have. So that was a fun aspect to it. Uh, and it had some, some cool scenes in between. The music definitely was a put-off. Um, but overall, it wasn't horrible by any stretch of the means. Um, it just, I felt as though it was placed wrong. Um, but, Dane, what were your thoughts on this new Justice League trailer? I loved the beginning. Um, I thought that was done extremely well. Uh, I loved... The imagery, uh, but I just thought that this trailer, uh, I keep on saying this word, it, it was dreary. Like, it was, it was, I think that at some point in the trailer, it kind of should have sped up. This is your final trailer that you're displaying towards your audience, and, you know, last-minute people that haven't really seen any of the trailers, you're supposed to pull them into the theater definitely by this one. And it just seemed to me like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm just part of this, you know, we're going to talk about stuff closely with spoilers relating to the uh, superhero industry for movies. But just maybe we are all spoiled in general. You know, maybe w- even if we got a lot, it wouldn't be enough. And if we got too much, we bitch about it. So maybe that's our fault as as consumers and, and, and critics of the film industry in general. I don't know. I just think that the trailer was cool. There were certain parts, but still, 
I think they could have structured something and not given away too much. And I think that they're kind of scared because of the reaction of BVS that they could have given us a little bit more, given a little bit of idea of everything. And it kind of does bother me that there is a lot of comedic lines. Some of them just didn't land. And I just, it's this whole entire discovery with DC that I'm worried about is we need to, we need to like not be so scary. It's like, no, no, no. You just need to make good movies and not try to worry about a tone because by the time that you worry about it, and keep on equating it, it becomes toneless. It, beca- it goes all over the friggin' place. Uh, you know, and that's not good. And I think they're doing a good job, and I think this movie's going to be awesome. I just thought that it was kind of underwhelming. And the cover of, uh, of Heroes, the David Bowie classic, I, just didn't, I don't think it was fitting. I think the only stuff they've done, music-wise, uh, that's been good for their stuff has been uh, Iggy Thump, and the hardest button to button from the White Stripes. Other than that, the cover uh, from Gary Clark Jr., which I'm a big fan of, his cover come together. It it doesn't do it for me. There's got to be some fast, fun, you know, pump up stuff, or or swell it in there with like some of the uh, the music that that Danny Elfman has ready or something. I don't know. But maybe, like I said, I'm just being picky. But if you were to ask me if it was a good last trailer, no, not really. But it wasn't a bad trailer. It just wasn't, you know pizzazz or anything like that and i don't know yeah no i completely agree with you and i completely agree with uh joel i i think because dane i've heard this from numerous people too uh with their responses uh to this trailer in, in dc in general i think what us fans and even them and the uh the higher ups for dc and warner brothers they have to re- uh, remember, they've had Man of Steel, BVS, Wonder Woman, and Suicide come out. So out of those four movies, we've only had an issue with one of their marketing campaigns. Like one of their, their four films had like just a really horrible trailer. Not as far as it being bad, but as far as then like there was no need for you to show me all that. So I think what they kind of need to think about going forward is you don't necessarily have to play it safe. I mean, you did great with Wonder Woman and all the trailers for that, and all three of those trailers got me hyped. Um, Suicide Squad, that movie was going to be what it was going to be because all the meddling or whatever. Um, and Man of Steel, I don't even recall having an issue with anything of Man of Steel. The marketing, the press for it, um, you know, the, the rollout that they had for it and everything like that. So, I mean, you kind of you fix your issue since BVS. So that shouldn't be a play-it-safe method going forward. Build that hype. Establish that hype. Make everyone just go crazy over the set trailers that you have to come out. And, of course, don't show too much. But still, I don't think you should have had to have played your final trailer safe. I don't think that should have been the the way you, you were looking to go at it. Uh, did you want to say something really quick, Dame, if I pass it to Nick? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, Nick, what were your thoughts of the Justice League trailer? That uh, 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 that was me. Um, I, I caught myself. Um, I got several things that I need to get off my chest right now. I'm feeling very emotional about several different things. You feel first like of all, jo- Yes. Uh, first of all, Joel, uh, let, me, let me just say this. Here and now... Um, you're damn right. It's not a bad song. It's a fucking David Bowie song, brother. Like it's a great song. It's it's just it was not a good cover. It was not a good cover though. Um, 
but like it's a terrific song. That is a great song. Um, and and if and if you want to if you want if you want a point of reference, go watch um, the person being a wallflower, a, a great mm-hmm. Ezra Miller uh, film. Um, right. It, it, that song is utilized very well in that film. Uh, the actual David Bowie version. Um, as far as the uh, the trailer campaign, Juwan, um I, I do uh, I do want to take a, a, a point of emphasis. Um, the the spoiler aspect of trailers um, uh, have not been questioned in the other three movies, um, other than BBS. But um, I know that like a lot of people were super upset about um, the way that they portrayed the Joker in um, the 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 ramp up in the trailers for Suicide Squad and the and the lack thereof in the actual film. So I do think that was kind of a problem there. Um, but I know what you I know what you mean in the sense of um, you're talking about that they're afraid um, of spoiling too much and they don't necessarily need to be um, they don't need to play it that safe um, because BVS was the only one that really broke the mold in that in that manner. Um, but uh, you know as far as the actual trailer, um, you know. Yeah, I mean it was underwhelming. I I, I just I I didn't think that it was it, it didn't quite hit the nail on the head for me. I think um, Juwan, you made a great point in that had it been the second trailer and the second one been the third, that would have been much better. It would have served the film much better because that that second trailer. Now, honestly, this the, these trailers are like the Terminator films. Like the first Terminator was pretty pretty dang good, and then the second Terminator was brilliant, and then the third Terminator was so disappointing. Like that is these trailers in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I just I I wish that it would have been better. Um, I'm still really hyped for the film. I think it's going to be. Um, uh, I, I really do think it's going to be a, a pretty good film. Probably my biggest like nitpick in the whole spectrum of the trailer is when Aquaman gets caught out of the sky by Cyborg, and he's like, "My man," and I was just like, "What? Like what? But you're an Atlantean, dude. Like why would you say that? That doesn't make any sense. I so hope they set this up." Um, throughout the movie, and it makes sense when we see it in context. Um, because if it doesn't, I'm gonna be really mad and not just disappointed. Um, I'm 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 optimistic that it's kind of gonna work out like the Civil War trailer, where um, ScarJo and Jeremy Renner as Black Widow and Hawkeye had their little quips back and forth to each other in the in the airport scene and when we all saw that in the trailer we were kind of like yeah that's eh, that just doesn't quite work but when we saw it in context it wasn't nearly as bad um it wasn't great it wasn't it, it wasn't necessary but it wasn't as bad um it was a um a poor attempt at humor that didn't go completely awry so um so i hope that that particular scenario kind of mimics uh, the Civil War scenario in which um, it's not, it doesn't go completely awry. Um, but yeah, overall, I was, I, I have to admit, I was, I was a little disappointed, especially after that second trailer. That second trailer was just so good. It was so good. And I honestly feel like I, 
I, I know this is crazy, but I honestly feel like I'd be more hyped if they just didn't even have a third trailer. If they just just just, just didn't even have it and just kept going without it, which I know is like crazy talk in today's, um, uh, you know, um, public. You know, you got to boost everything up, but nevertheless, I I really think that second trailer was just such a tough act to follow. This th- third trailer just couldn't even come close to living up to it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, we obviously know they, they have to put out these trailers, but if you told right. me, um, you know, what would you prefer, no third trailer or the trailer you just got? Uh, I'd say maybe just skip that one so I could just ride off that second one a little bit more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the TV spots came out. Um, but like like I said, and I just want to reiterate this, this trailer did not take away from my hype of the actual film whatsoever. Still can't wait to see the actual film. Still hyped for it. I was just saying, as the final trailer, I'm expecting you to get me even more hype. And this did not do that for me. Um, but we got another trailer. Let's move on to our next trailer. Um, Pacific I Rim 2. The, before the trailer, yeah, go ahead, before you move on. Um, yeah, absolutely. The one thing I was looking for in this trailer was um, because we were talking, I was talking with Kanan, and he was worried about they were going to cut a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm like, well, they, and then he's like, a lot of stuff we saw in the last trailer won't be in the movie. So I'm like, are they really going to cut out that kind of stuff? So the first thing I looked at was like, were the scenes from the last trailer in this trailer? And luckily, most of the scenes from the last trailer were in this trailer. So that means they're probably in the movie. So I was a little relieved on that part, too. So that helped. No, that's yeah, absolutely. I'm actually really glad you brought that up because that is a great point. Um, because that was the word about what was going on that a lot of this stuff from the last trailer would not be the case of um, you know, of that being in the movie. So the best shots that we got, um, you know, were still in this trailer. So it lets you know it'll still be in the movie, or we hope it would still be in the movie. Um, right. Because some of those scenes that we enjoyed were really, really, really good scenes, and it's part of what got us hyped for the movie. So if those got cut, I mean, that would really suck. But again, as far as cutting stuff that you kind of built up in the trailer, like Nick was saying for Suicide Squad, uh, a lot of people were pissed that the Joker scene got cut. Um, you know, they kind of made it seem like he was going to be one of the, the focuses of the movie, and then all of his stuff was cut. So, you know, you would hope that the great stuff that we saw from these trailers, um, you know, even if it's something small, like just Commissioner Gordon having a conversation with the team on the rooftop, like I wouldn't want that cut. Like that should be in the film. That's one of the things that got me super hyped about the, um, about the you know, the trailer and the movie itself. So I, I completely agree with you on that. That That was something to look out for just to make sure that, that wasn't necessarily true about, you know, some of the, the better scenes that we enjoyed from the trailer. Um, right. But, yes, let's get into uh, – uh, before we go forward, did anyone else want to add anything else? Nick, Dane? I'm good. Nope. Okay. Um, so Pacific Rim 2 dropped um, their first official trailer. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was their first official trailer. Um, you know – after seeing it, like, the 15th time now, um, I don't know where my excitement level is for this movie. Um, I'm really excited for John Boyega and Scott Eastwood, two of my favorite actors right now, 
Um, I'm really excited for them because I always want to see more from Scott Eastwood, and I'm really starting to enjoy John Boyega. Um, it just didn't really do that much for me, and it's not their fault. I just remember Pacific Rim, like after Pacific Rim ended, <laughs> I don't think I was that dire for a part two. So after seeing the trailer, like it didn't hype me more for the thought of there being a part two. Um, so I think that's mainly what my issue with it was. Um, but the visuals looked pretty good. I don't know. I, I still don't get why the Jaegers are fighting other Jaegers and monsters, but it looks cool. Uh, so that'll be fun to kind of see what that's about. Um, but I'll start with you, Nick. What were your thoughts on the Pacific Rim 2 trailer? Well, let me let me first start off with I'm kind of with you in that I was not overly impressed with the first Pacific Rim. Um, it was just terrible acting throughout the whole movie, throughout the whole movie. Like, it didn't matter. Like, it wasn't, like, the only person who I thought did, like, a stand-up job is Idris Elba. Idris Elba was however you pronounce it. Like, cause, because Idris Elba always does an outstanding job. Like, it doesn't matter. You cast him in, in the worst movie of all time, he will still perform outstandingly. Um, but nevertheless, um, I am a little surprised that they got a sequel, honestly, um, based off, you know, what the budget was of the first film and, and how much they made and everything. I mean, they, they, they made, a, they scratched out a profit, but it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Um, and the one thing I will say, I did like the trailer. I did think the trailer, it, 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 look, I'm not going to go see it in theaters. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. Um, but uh, I am optimistic that it's going to be a better movie than the first one. Um, one, I love that John Boyega gets to do a movie where he gets stuck in his, his own voice. Um, like, that's it's such a minor thing, but, like, I really do feel like um, with actors, when you – okay, let me just take an example – if you take any role that Colin Farrell has ever done where he's trying to portray an American accent and then you juxtapose that with any role he's ever done where he gets to use his own true accent, every role that he does with his own true accent is better than when he's trying to do an American accent. Um, so I think there's something to be said for that. Um, and I think it's nuanced and I think it's a lot of people don't pick up on it. Um, but I, I think that could be something to where um, Boyega gets to um, take that kind of fame that he got from the Star Wars world and up that level to his acting ability. I think you might see a, even a better acting performance out of him in this film than you did Star Wars. Not that he was bad in Star Wars, he was great in Star Wars, but I think you might get something even better, um, which is is awesome because that's like what they didn't do with Charlie Hunnam. They tried to make him be an American, and it didn't work. And it was just it, there were so many lines that fell flat, and it just didn't fit. It just was upsetting. His his acting in that film was probably the worst acting that I've ever seen him him do um, in any film. Um, and I like Charlie Hunnam. I really, actually, I really do. Um, uh, Green Tree Hooligans is still to this day one of my like probably top 50 favorite films. Um, and I've seen a lot of films, so that's that's 
admirable for it to be on that list. Um, but I liked the trailer. I think that um, they're they're making the right moves. I just hope that they uh, put a bigger focus on getting the best performances out of their actors that they possibly can, because I thought that was the biggest thing that was lacking in the first film. That and in the script. I thought the, the, the dialogue was not necessarily the best. Um, but even great actors, Harrison Ford, uh, can, can make that dialogue workable. Um, so hopefully John Boyega can fit that role. Um, hopefully Idris Elba comes back just as strong as ever in his role. Um, and hopefully all of the supporting cast uh, you know, works together. And as far as Scott Eastwood, um, he is quietly becoming the perfect uh, um, right-hand man to any <laughs> any particular um, uh, protagonist um, because, you know, he was obviously in Suicide Squad. He's in this. Um, I think uh, he's making a nice little niche for himself, and that's probably where he belongs, and we'll touch on that later. Um, I guess we will. Jeez. Um, no, but... Um, <laughs> He's this generation's you know Tyrese. Mm. No. Very good, Dane. I like it. <laughs> oh, wow. That is the ultimate spit in the face of Scott Eastwood. But, no, seriously, Joel, what were your thoughts on Pacific Rim 2? And I want to ask you, Joel... Was I seeing that right? Are we going to be seeing Jaegers versus Jaegers? I don't remember. I only seen the trailer once, and I don't remember them fighting each other. I could be wrong. Maybe they were practicing. I, I'm not totally sure. I have to see it again. But um, it was a fun trailer. I enjoyed what I saw. I was a fan of the first one. I have a weird thing for giant robots. I've always been a fan, like, from the, the Gundam series and all that. And if there were actual real-life giant robots, I'd be a pilot. I'd be honest. That's what I want to do with my life. Unfortunately, there aren't. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh, um, the thing is, I, again, I, the only thing I didn't really like about the first movie, it was probably a little slow pace for a giant robot fighting monster movie. And I'm not a big fan of two pilots and one robot. I always like the idea of just the one. But whatever. I mean, that's just me nitpicking. But this this one looked a little more fast-paced, a little more colorful, um, a little more action-y. And I'm a big fan of the director, Stephen, uh, Stephen the Knight, because of what he did with Daredevil and and uh, I and I think he can pull it off. This is his first giant movie. So um, from what I've seen so far, it looks fun. I'm not saying it's going to be a good movie, but I, I don't mind the cast so far. And I just can't wait to see more because the trailer itself, as fun as it was, it kind of just – it was kind of just there. <laughs> like I could see a lot of people being turned off because there was just too much going on. It was just maybe too, too fast-paced, and it might be a little um, – I'm looking for a word, uh, a little more, a little campier than the last one, because you know Guillermo's a little darker, a little more gritty, um, but this one seems a little bit more on the light side, which is fine. Again, but you know that's just my opinion. I, and, but I, I'm looking forward to it. and I really enjoyed the, the trailer. Still, way better than that teaser. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> much better. <laughs> oh, that was interesting. Um, Dane, what were your thoughts on Pacific Rim Two? The trailer, not the movie, because it didn't come out yet. 
Right. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that out. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> um, well, like like we were saying, like like uh, Joel was alluding to. I mean, one of the things I have to say is going good for this movie is the fact that Stephen DeKnight is the one uh, helming the direction. Now he hasn't done that much, um, at least on the directing uh, thing. But I mean, this guy has been the showrunner for Spartacus, which I loved. Um, and he also did the first season of Daredevil, which I love the first season of Daredevil, too. So the fact that it's in his hands actually makes me more excited about this. And the fact that it features John Boyega, who I think has a lot of uh, potential, and also Scott Eastwood, who I think has, has some potential, too. You know, I think that the movie's actually in good hands. Um, I'm not sure who from the – I don't – here's the problem with the last movie. I don't remember what the hell happened, really. Um it was a good good spectacle, like really cool. Like like it did remind me of like, you know, anime stuff like uh Evangelion or um, you know, any of that type of stuff where it was robots versus monsters basically. Like, you know, Joel was saying too. Uh but I'm gonna say something very unpopular. Um, I'm not the biggest Del Toro fan. I think Del Toro is good as being um some kinda like a George Lucas. Uh, as far as, like, you know, being good at creating worlds and imagining concepts and just a brilliant mind in that direction. But to me, besides Pan's Labyrinth, his movies have been good, but people put him in, like, a Christopher Nolan-like director level, and I don't agree with it personally. I think that visually he's got an amazing eye and he's got a great mind for concept. But I'm glad that we have a different director behind this, and I liked the uh, trailer a lot, and I have a heck of a lot more want to go and see this because – it's actually not had anything to do with Del Toro because, you know, I just, I don't know how it would be. Um, who knows? I can't believe that the, the this t- second movie is even getting made, honestly, because of how much the uh, first one made. But I am looking forward to seeing theaters and uh, it should be, it should be good. I love that so, point, Dane. Go ahead, Nick. I love that point uh, that he's kind of like a George Lucas. I, I, I think you're dead on there, man. Um, he like like we all love George Lucas, but George Lucas has a, a multitude of flaws. Um, part of which is 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 adapting screenwriting. Part of which is is knowing exactly um, what to shoot and how to shoot it. Um, and and not saying that uh, that uh, uh, Guillermo has the same flaws, but he's got similar flaws. And I I think you you hit the nail right on the head, man. Like, he's he's got the same amount of flaws that Lucas has. Like, he's in that category with Lucas. He's not in that category with Scorsese and Spielberg and Nolan and the greats. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's a great point. That's that's a great point. I really don't have much to, to say on that. You both hit it out of the park with that. Um so it was announced, I believe, yesterday that we'd be getting a trailer for The Last Jedi tomorrow night during Monday Night Football around halftime. So, Nick, I'm going to start with you being our resident mm. Jedi. What Thank are you. your predictions for The Last Jedi trailer? Like, what, are you, what do you need to see from this trailer? Or what are you looking forward to seeing from this trailer? I want to see as much as I possibly can without showing me anything. <laughs> that is what I want to see. Like, I, I want to see all of the cool images. I want to hear all of the cool lines. I want to 
get as much as I possibly can take in for this movie to hype me up for it without actually seeing anything. Um, and I think The Force Awakens almost did it perfectly. Um, the Force Awakens had the one scene where Kylo Ren ignited his lightsaber in the snow. And, of course, when we were watching the movie, and I was very cognizant of this because I had watched the trailer like, I don't know, 57 times, um, when the Han Solo scene started happening, of course, I mean, it was it was somewhat obvious anyway, but you were like, um, well, I know Kylo Ren's going to ignite his lightsaber in the snow. Obviously, there's snow going on outside, like, so he's probably going to kill Han. Like, it's little things like that that I think studios need to pick up on, like, that, like, you just need to get it right. Um, so I hope we get much as possible with telling as, as, as nothing as far as story. Um, and that is what I'm most hopeful for. Um, I don't care if you reveal first act stuff. Second act stuff is arguable. Don't give me any third act stuff. Um, are, would you be okay seeing more from Luke Skywalker? Or would you like oh, no. to kind of just save I, all that? No, no, no. I would love to see a little bit from Luke. I would love to, like, even if they gave us a little bit of where Luke's coming from, I would be cool with that. As long as that's like a first act or early second act reveal. Um, just don't give me any third act reveals. Um, mm. And, like, and, and even so, like, with The Force Awakens, it's a stretch to consider that a third act reveal of, of what they gave you. Um, it was a very, like, that trailer when when he, like, lowers that lightsaber and ignites it and, you know, it hits the screen with the Star Wars logo. It was perfect. I mean, it was, it was, it was glorious. But it still spoiled the film. And that's the thing. Like, to me, like, you shouldn't be trying to make the greatest trailer. You should be trying to make a trailer that caters to your film and you should be trying to make the best trailer that you can given the scenes that you have as not to spoil the film. Um, and so, like, if they want to give me a little bit of Luke, I, I would love it, as long as it's not a... I mean, imagine... just. I mean, I, I'm just... Imagine if they gave you, like, a no, I am your father. Like, in the trailer. Like, you would be like, wait, what? Huh, what? But then when you saw it, like, you wouldn't know exactly what it was. But then when, when like, you would be able to piece enough together to when the build-up to it was, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's about to come. I already know what's going to happen. Shit. <laughs> you know, like, you don't want that kind of thing to happen. So what I'm guessing is they will um, give us something terrific, uh and they will throw out at least one thing that will spoil something when you actually watch the movie, and I will be upset about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you made some really good points. Um, I think for me, I'd like to see um, more Captain Phasma. Um, obviously not to the point to where it spoils anything, but maybe a little bit of dialogue, maybe a strong action, uh, like a, a, a strong, uh, really quick cut of like an action uh, scene she's a part of. 
Um, maybe a little bit of uh, Snoke narrating the trailer. I'd be I'd be down for because um, I just love to hear Andy Serkis talk, especially as as his characters. Um, I'd be really excited for that. I can't necessarily say what I'm looking forward to seeing from this because I kind of don't see anything. That's why I haven't gone back to watch the other um, Last Jedi teaser trailer that they released. I kind of want, because I really love the way I went into Force Awakens, not really seeing that many of the trailers that often, Um, like maybe once when they dropped, but then that's it. And, you know, until it, it actually came out and I saw it in theaters. So I, I'm hoping this isn't so good that I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to watch this like maybe once every hour of, of Tuesday. Um, so I'm hoping it's not that good, that it, it makes me just hooked on it, that I'm continuously watching it. Um, Joelle, what, are your, what do you hope to see from The Last Jedi trailer? I don't have any particular thing I'm looking forward to in this trailer. Uh, I enjoyed the last trailer. And Star Wars is weird for me because, like, it, unlike the DC and Marvel movies, I can only see one trailer and I'll still be hyped. And it's like I don't need – like, I have no expectations for this trailer. I have nothing. I don't even care what they say. Show me one lightsaber and I'll be happy because I'm still going to watch it in December regardless. And my thing is I don't I, – I really – I can't even tell you what I want to see because I really don't care. <laughs> like – I just as long as they don't spoil anything big, like don't give me any major reveals. Aside from that, I can't imagine me being uh, unhappy with anything that they show me. So anything I get is a good thing, and I have no real expectations for this this trailer. I just want to see what they got, and um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars guy, so I'm really excited for what they got to show me. But I again, I have no real. I'm not looking for anything. I'm just I'm willing to let them show me whatever they want to show me until the movie comes out. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. Um, Dane, the most important question I think I'll be asking you all night tonight, even though I already kind of know the answer. Um, will you be watching the football game around halftime to watch it to watch the show live, <laughs> or are you just gonna watch it when it drops on YouTube? <laughs> I'll probably just wait for YouTube. Um, you know, I don't feel the need to have to no watch surprise. the whole skin thing. Or, um, yeah, but I'll I'll enjoy the trailer uh, when it comes up. Um, I don't have cable either, so I'm not gonna go to a bar just to watch a trailer. That'd be kind of weird and kind of creepy if you ask me. Um, but I will admit that I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I know how uh, big of a fan Star Wars like Nick is to Star Wars uh, because of a lot of our friends, uh, our mutual friends, uh, they're kind of on that same level. And I love, I think I'm more uh, catered towards like Joel. Like I love the film series and I love them as a group of films, but some of my friends are like at a level of knowledge and, 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 and that's great where, you know, I am with Marvel and DC. So when it comes to these trailers, you don't really have to do that much. Just don't ruin anything. I'd like to see maybe a little bit more Luke Skywalker, Like, that would be cool. Um, You know, and uh, you said Captain Phasma. That would be cool. Uh, I think that Captain Phasma, I think Brendan Christie was hanging out with Jared Leto's Joker, um, and that's why we didn't see both of them in either of those movies as much. Uh, I think that's what happened. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe they have Rick's gun from Rick and Morty. Who knows? But we'll figure it out at some point. But I also liked Nick earlier when he was like, I want everything, but I don't want to see anything. And that's going back, and – 
Believe me, I completely understand. I, I understand that perspective, and I kind of agree to it to an extent, just not as intensely. But like what I was saying earlier is that people, it's like we want our cake, we want our fucking, we want our ice cream. Excuse my French. Uh, we want, we want our custard pie. We want everything, you know. But we don't want if you show us too much. It's it. That's that's how we are. Where it's like these are like little uh, pieces of art. Don't and don't don't screw them up. But also don't show the whole friggin' movie because it's not the movie. That's what I think. Yeah, and I and I think you have a really uh, interesting point there because I think we have to keep in mind that not all films are the same, and so some films they they just have the adaptability to uh, show us a lot without telling us a lot, and others don't. Like others, the 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 big key scenes that you would want to see in a trailer. Um, are scenes that just show you way too much. And that could also, going back to, you know, what we talked about, you know, topics ago, um, that could be a reason why we all felt, or most of us felt like we got an underwhelming um, Justice League trailer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of like in the middle, I'm kind of in the middle of everyone, (laughs) because now that I hear... Dane and Joel's take of like doesn't really matter. You could just like say four words, and I'm still gonna go see it in <laughs> December. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but I also do kind of want to see, um, you know, some cool shots of Captain Phasma and stuff like that. But um, did anyone else want to add anything else to this topic before we move on? Nope. Nope. All okay. right. Let's get into some Punisher talk. Um, New York Comic Con has come and gone. It's been here since Thursday, right, Joel? Uh, yeah, yeah, Thursday. yeah. Okay, it's been here since Thursday. Um, a lot of rumors came out that we might be getting a glimpse of the Punisher, whether it be them showing some episodes of New York Comic Con, or us getting an impossible official release date. Um. You know, just any of those things. Instead, we get news that whatever the original date was that they had in mind, it's being pushed back from that. Now, um, I can't remember if this was speculated or if this was out of um, Marvel's camp or not, but a lot was speculating because of the recent events and uh, with the Vegas shooting that they decided to kind of push it back uh, to kind of, you know, not put something is dark and violent like that um, to kind of glorify it around the time where a lot of people are kind of suffering from the events of the Vegas shooting. Um, you know, the, I, I completely respect that. There's no way you can really have uh, uh, an, an issue with that. They're kind of trying to show respect to an issue um, as, as big as that one. Uh, I think what kind of confuses me the most is when they use the term pushback we never knew when it was supposed to come out anyway. Uh, we had speculation. Um, I also heard a rumor that uh, before the events of the Vegas shooting that they were looking to drop it that Friday. It's just like a fan's like, here's the Punisher. Um, now, of course, take that with a grain of salt, obviously. Um, but like I said, that just bothered me, them saying it was pushed back when we never had a release date anyway. So we don't know what you were pushing it back from. So you could have just said, you know, they decided – to take it away from New York Comic Con um, and not show any footage or anything like that because of the events. But to say it got pushed back 
a little confusing. We don't know when it was originally supposed to come out anyway. Um, Joel, what were your thoughts on the Punisher, quote-unquote, being pushed back? Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I was, like, I'm really looking forward to the Punisher. And, like, I'm le- I legit, I'm, like, waiting to use one of my day off so I don't have to go to work. And I was waiting for, like, hopefully this week they'll tell us so I can, like, schedule it. And say, I'm not coming in that Friday because I'm going to binge watch <laughs> Punisher. And, I, and, like, now I don't know when that's going to happen, and I really just want to take a day off at this point. And it's like, I really expected it this weekend at New York Comic Con because that's the panel was this weekend, and they were supposed to show the first two episodes at Comic Con, and I guess give us a release date. That's what I expected. And then of course, what happens with the shooting, and then they backed out because of what happened. And I understand that's why I'm not like upset, but I am disappointed because now I got to wait longer. And the whole pushback of date again, like you said, they never gave us a date, so we get it's kind of hard for us to get to super disappointed because they never gave us a legit date we've only speculated for the last couple months like in the, for a while they told us november like we saw uh, a poster that one of the one of the people from the set say say november we saw a magazine say october 13th so for a while i'm like okay it has to be coming out next week at some point so i'm just going to save my time and i'm going to take the day off and i'm going to binge and we'll find out this week and now i have no idea when it's coming out i'm thinking it's going to probably be the end of november um but that's just that's what that's what my gut is telling me, but I don't know for sure, and I'm so I'm a little bit disappointed, but it is what it is. Can't really do anything about it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, but I mean that, that's why I started by saying um, I'm not that disappointed in the idea of again, quote unquote, it being pushed back. We didn't know when it was coming out anyway, so that's why that term is just hilarious to me because we didn't know when it was coming out anyway. Um, Dane, sure. what are your thoughts on uh, the Punisher being pushed back? Well, the main thing is I hope it comes out soon, just so my buddy Joel can have a day off. You know, jeez, <laughs> can we can yeah. we get that to happen a little bit? Uh, but no, uh, look, basically from what you guys said, um, that's that's the main thing. We didn't know when it was going to come out, so basically what they were telling us, I don't even know why they made. I guess because so many people were expecting, expecting, they had to make some type of, uh, you know, announcement about it, especially if it was going to be within this month, you know, with this weekend or something coming out, and just, you know, announce it at Comic-Con, like, hey, it's coming out this weekend or something like that. I could have seen that happening. Um, but I think, it's, I, I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, some people are going to be pissed off about this and think this is like pandering towards the left or, or what have you or or you know, sticking up for the NRA, it has nothing to do with that. Just being a compassionate person, you know, just realizing that this is not time and place. It's kind of like if Rockstar, which is a good time for video games to come out, if Rockstar was going to release its new Grand Theft Auto, and right before it, like a month before it, maybe even maybe even longer than that, you know, this type of tragedy happened, they're probably not going to release it, and that's very tasteful and, and, and good of the game developers, or in this case, you know, the TV uh, developers, to do that. I'm sorry. I'm very centralist when it comes to, uh, you know, gun control. I have different views on it. It has nothing to do with getting too deep into that one way or the other. It's just tasteful and respectful, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And, I mean, to kind of, you know, piggyback that, I mean, the Punisher, from what we know that this show is going to be, it's kind of about a guy out for revenge using a bunch of guns. 
and you kind of don't want to glorify that in the wake of something uh, so devastating like that, that shooting. So like you said, it's not necessarily, you know, uh, you know, catering to, to uh, the NRA or anything like that. It's just compassion. It's, 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 it's smart. It's a smart thing to do. Because the last thing you want is for it to come out uh, so close to something like that, and now the Punisher's all over the news, you know, with all these people running with the the whole story of, oh, look at them glorifying, uh, you know, uh, you know, all this gun stuff and stuff like that. So you kind of don't want to dip your toe into that that water at all. So it just it, it's a smart thing to do. But Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm glad you finished your thought with it's the smart thing to do because I I think that's what it boils down to. I don't think it has anything to do with compassion. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that there aren't people on that um, a creative team that aren't compassionate people. Um, I'm just saying that it, it this is a business decision. They don't want their series of about a vigilante who uses guns to meticulously murder people um, to come out so soon after this event. Um, and I understand that, and I think it probably is smart. Um, I don't think it's compassionate. I don't think it has anything to do with that. Um, I, I mean, call me skeptical, uh, and it's actually weird that I am saying this and Dane is saying that because if you know me and Dane, you know that we are oftentimes on the opposite ends of the spectrum on uh, uh, issues as far as political banter. Um, uh, but we respect each side. other and we like each other, by the way, people yes. listening. So just remember that. You can do that. Yeah, well, that too. And by opposite, I mean the fact that, like, we're not both uh, – uh, far-flung leftist or rightist, we're um, uh, usually on the opposite side of the middle. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's opportunistic um, would be my word for it, um, because they they don't want um, they don't want bad press, which is smart. It's very smart. They don't they don't want this to. Um, affect their television show. Um, and I can't fault them for that. I really can't. Um, I, I mean, uh, I, it, would it be in bad taste if they if they released this show, um, especially given what they know and we don't know about what the show entails? Um, probably because of the fact that they have chosen not to release it as soon as they were going to wherever that date may have been as, as both you, uh, Juwan and Joel alluded to, we don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, I think this decision has mostly to do with, um, politics and not, um, not necessarily, uh, um, them trying to do the right thing. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, do I think they're making the right decision? Probably. Um, again, we don't know what's in the show, so it's hard for me to say exactly. Um, but 
it, it, it again, uh, like Joel said, it's very disappointing. It really is. It sucks that um, it sucks that uh, we as a society um, can't enjoy our uh, release, our um, uh, uh, you know guilty pleasures because some maniac you know decided to do what he did um but nevertheless i completely understand it and um i think given all of the circumstances they they are probably making the right decision yeah i mean uh we also saw this the most recent thing i can think of that equates to this this um this exact instance would be around the time Ben Affleck's Gone Baby Gone was supposed to come out. Um, it was actually in the news of a girl that was, you know, eerily similar to the character that that movie was was, was about. So, I mean, they even pushed that back. Um, and it's just one it of those things yeah. where it's just like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's the thing of just playing it safe. You do not want to be on uh, these news channels with bad press. Uh, especially right. with a project you're trying to get to do uh, to do well, so you know, Absolutely. like you said, I mean, it, it definitely plays to that to, to being safe. You just you can't risk it. Um, did anyone else want to add anything about the this topic before we moved on? Yeah, nope. let me let me uh, counter Nick's point just real quickly because I agree with him, and you know I didn't even think about that, but I mean that is the main reason is to, is to play it safe and, and cover your butt. But at the same time, I would hope that human beings, being human beings, it was more, it was a given. Like, they were talking about doing this because a lot of them were affected or thought that that was horrible. I don't want to think that, you know, a bunch of business execs or or even, like, people aren't making that much money. You know, that people are writing the show or something like that. We're just like, yeah, this is probably not the right thing to do. But, yes, it has a lot to do with money and and, and picking your best place. Uh, obviously, but I still think, you know, personally, think that it had a little bit to do with compassion too. I, uh, I, 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 I would, go ahead, I would only add that I hope that you're right, um, but I probably have a slightly pessimistic view of the world than you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. I, I like to look at it. For, I like to look at it from Dane's point of view, mainly because you think about how many people. Um, no one was happy that about project. that, you know, when they when we woke up and found out Monday. I think that go went right. for every single person, and, you know, no matter how much and money I mean, they made. Right, yeah. and I mean, yeah, it right. also goes into it. Also goes into the idea of you think about how many people uh, were a part of this this project and how many, you know, like what if someone's family member was there, maybe not necessarily affected by it, but was in Vegas. And that could have been, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, a lot of, you know, you'd like to think that um, emotions and stuff like that kind of go into it and not just the, the business aspect. Uh, you would have hoped that. It is a PR does. nightmare, though. Right, absolutely. They were to release you would kind of hope. You would kind of hope that, like, on Tuesday, like, after the, the news story broke, you would have kind of hoped that they were talking about maybe it dropping this Friday, if that were the case. They were talking about how it just it wouldn't be good. Um, but let's move on from there. Um, I want to get into this topic because I think we're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna have a lot to say about this, or maybe we won't. I could be completely wrong. Um, 
are spoilers starting to ruin the superhero industry? And by that, I mean a lot of times these trailers that we think, oh, that's not much. You know, they're just giving a little bit of it. And then you go see it, and that is the entirety of that final battle or that one scene that you're really looking forward to seeing or any of the Transformers trailers. Um, You know, so a lot of times you hear spoilers of, you know, this guy's going to be in the movie or this event is going to happen. And then it kind of takes away from you just going in there and being in awe of everything. So whether it being, um, and Joel, we spoke of this, uh, me and you, um, we had no idea who Ares was. We speculated who we thought Ares was going to be because we knew he was going to be in the movie, but it wasn't until Wonder Woman showed a bunch of um, people in early uh, showing of Wonder Woman that people Mm -hmm. started officially telling us who Ares was. And that didn't necessarily ruin the movie, but that's something that would have been a huge shock to all of us. Um, Now, you can argue that maybe somewhere in the course of the movie you could have put two and two together, but going into that movie, no one would have suspected that guy of being Ares. It just didn't fit. And we didn't even know his role was that significant in the movie uh, anyway. So, you know, certain stuff like that, it kind of does ruin a little bit of those big moments for you. But I guess I'll start with you, Joel. Do you think in the near future these um, reporters and stuff like that who get to see it ahead of time or who know someone on set or something like that that kind of gives us the, oh, Deadpool will be attached to Logan. So now instead of when we go see Logan and that Deadpool theme pops up, we're we're completely shocked. Now we're expecting it rather than just being, um, you know, it giving that whole shock value that these studio companies actually want it to do. Um, do you think spoilers in the near future could possibly start to ruin the superhero industry? I, I that's a good question, honestly, because I mean, it, it's mixed and it really depends on the person. Um, and a lot of the times, I got into this doing what we do now because I love to hear what's coming. I like to know what's coming because most of the time, like I know a lot of these characters and I, and I get excited to hear when there's something new. Like I love casting announcements and I love, I don't need to hear all about the like back when Umberto started doing this, but like he was a big spoiler guy in general. He's cut down a lot on that. He, he releases stuff and you hear a lot of uh, things, but he doesn't release spoilers like he used to like plot point spoilers. As long as it's not a plot point spoiler and people avoid that, we'll be okay. Look, the superhero genre has, has survived this long. I don't think it's ever going to really be affected by it. If anything, it gets talked about more than ever because of it. And, yes, it might, it might be in the movie, and it doesn't show up in the movie. Your expectations might be a little high, and then it just got they downed because of it. And it happens. That's why you got to take a lot of things with a grain of salt because you don't know for sure what's what until it actually comes up on screen. And um, so I understand why some people might be upset by that and don't like spoilers at all. I'm, for one, don't get too wound up when I hear spoilers because I don't mind. As long as it's not a giant plot point, I don't really care. Like, I like to be surprised. Like, the beginning of this year when we went to go see, um, what was that M. Night Shyamalan movie? Oh, my God, what was the name of it? 
Uh, which Whatever. one? The one that we just saw? Oh, yeah, okay. the most recent. That okay. one. Anyway, that one. When that came out, and I, that nothing is gonna. I don't think there's ever gonna be a superhero movie that that surprises you the way that movie surprised you. So I don't look forward to. Right. I'm not saying that that's ever really gonna happen. But there, we still have moments in these movies where we're like shocked. We're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Because the, for the most part, we know these characters. We've read the comic books, so we know what technically should happen. So, like, because we're big fans. Right. It's not all really a surprise because we kind of have an idea where this is going and where it should go. And if it didn't go that way, we'd kind of be disappointed anyway. But then they do do their own thing and they and they create their own world and make changes. And sometimes we get upset by that. But it's so we so it differs from the comic book and it's not as predictable. So no, I don't right. think spoilers are going to ruin the superhero world. But I can understand how some people may be pushed back on it, and I and I, it's totally understandable. So let me ask you this. Um, around the time Civil War was being made, uh, not when it came out, when it was being made, where we did not know that Spider-Man was now going to be part of the MCU family, if that was never public, like we didn't get the, oh, he'll be, not only is he in the MCU, but he'll be first introduced in uh, Civil War. If we did not know that, and that first trailer dropped, where, you know, we saw everything of, of Tony and, and, uh, and Cap, and then it ended with, hey, guys, would you have been Everyone. even more, like, would you have been even more excited heading into Civil War, or did it really not matter to you? In the end, it never really mattered, because I was going to watch Civil War regardless. Right, yeah, no, 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 but, I'm not but, saying that would have taken away, but, you know, right. would but, that but have added itself? another level? Yeah, of course, of course. Like, if I didn't know about the whole Spider-Man coming to the MCU thing, yeah, the trailer and him ending at the trailer, I would have cried. I think I would have teared up and cried if I, if I saw that in the trailer and didn't know he was there, because that's something I've been wanting for so long. And I pretty much freaked out when, when the news came out that he he was coming back to the MCU, and it was one of the, my favorite days of all time. <laughs> and to finally see it, and we weren't sure that he was going to be in Civil War for a long time, and he, they wouldn't show him in the trailers. And, they, we, and then there were moments that we did know, but they never showed him. They never showed him. And it wasn't until, like, the last, like, month or so that they actually showed him in the trailer. And we're like, yeah, it's finally blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, man, like, yeah, the trailer would have been way better if we didn't know. But at the same time, it was great knowing ahead of time as well. So, regardless, I was going to watch the movie. Right. I got you on that. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts? I, uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on the matter. I mean... Uh, first of all, Split is the movie y'all were thinking of. Um, yes, yes, sorry, yes. Yes, uh, it was a terrific film. I can't wait to see the uh, follow-up to that. Um, but however, I my biggest thing is not the spoilers in trailers um, and um, other... Uh, forms of media, whether it be like Lego sets or action figures or whatever, because um, those spoil uh, some minute things, but they don't usually spoil like a whole lot. My my biggest thing is, is contracts. Um, I would much prefer that, that people's contracts were, were kept like under lock and key. Um, and by that, I mean, when you know a character is under contract for five movies, you know you're going to get them for five movies, and so you know they're not going to die, or at least, at the very least, 
you suspect that they're not going to die because um, the, the, there, I guess there could be the possibility of they die in like the fourth film and then the fifth film there's a flashback or whatever. Um, but nevertheless, I that's my biggest problem. I, you know, we work in an industry in which, you know, we try to find out all of the inside scoops, everything that's going on. Um, so as long as they make their contracts public information, um, and as long as they don't keep that, like, under lock and key and, and disclosed, um, we're going to find it out. And that's my biggest thing, is if you don't have a system in which we know that a a particular actor is going to be um, involved with a particular franchise for X amount of time, um, then we we don't know their fate. But, you know, if you tell me that Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans or any particular actor is signed on for three more films, then, you know, I know he's not going to die. Like, we all knew Chris Evans wasn't going to die in Civil War. Like, there were a few people out there who was like, oh, yeah, Chris Evans, he's going to die, because they didn't know the contract stipulations. But we all knew them, um, because we follow this stuff very closely. Um, And that's probably my biggest thing, is make those contract um, agreements more secure so that, you know, we don't have to know it and we don't have to cover it um, so that we can be surprised um, from time to time. Yeah, no, my dad's very big on that. Uh, he doesn't like the whole, oh, guess what, guys? He'll be returning for part two. It's just like I'd rather kind of like that be revealed to me, you know, um, speaking for, for my dad. Right. Once, once, yeah. either when the trailer drops or once I actually sit down and watch the movie. Um, yeah. I guess some would argue uh, to that, Nick, that even if we know they're slated, like if we know they're slated for two movies, they could possibly die in the first one, and then how no. they're brought back or the the capacity of how they're brought back might Ooh, be a I, little and, change. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and no, and I I I understand that. Um, but it so rarely happens, um, right. you know. Like it, it's, it's. It, I don't think it has happened. Um, so you know, there's that, and and furthermore, um, I would just add to that that you know we don't need to know that we like we, we. It would just be so much better if we didn't know any any amount of their contracts. Um, and, you know, when things happen, we can just react to them naturally. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. That's what kind of makes our job like Catch-22. Like, if we right. don't want to know it, but it's our job to report it. So, right. you know, it's kind of one of those things we have you kind of just have to, we have you have to know live all with. Right. Yeah. right. Um, Dane, what are your thoughts? Do you think spoilers, whether it be trailers or through us as the media, um, will start to ruin the superhero uh, movie industry. Well, I mean, you've touched upon it, and I'm going to say no, it's not going to ruin anything because we might get frustrated by it, 
um, or people that are really in the know and want to know, like people that are on our Facebook page, obviously. Like if you're really into movies, you're going to see trailers. You're going to watch this stuff. There could be something you don't want to see in it, but a lot of times it's minor. It's not as blatant as other examples like the Doomsday fiasco and, and certain other stuff like that where, where they just really just showed too much and they were just trying to go for like, hey, we're going to have Doomsday, and, you know, it, there was no reason to have that in there. Uh, but the general public's not going to give a, a, a crap. I'm sorry. Like, a lot of people don't think about this. Who they're trying to attract is people that might just see one of these three trailers. We already talked about that. So for us, hey, that's, that's our fault for loving movies so much because we have to pay attention to this. We have to report certain things. We do know about, you know, people negotiating contracts. That just comes with the, uh, the, the love of what we do, basically. And uh, I don't think it's going to get easier. I don't like them blatantly showing us anything, but there's one thing, I mean, we were talking about earlier is that if you show them too much, people get mad. If you don't show enough, people also get aggravated. So, you know, when it comes to us as film fans and, and, and critics and, and in our industry and stuff like that, I mean, that's just how it is. <laughs> we're not going to be happy because there's not many trailers that have that oomph to it. Um, there have been, obviously, but, like, it's funny, but, like, a lot of uh, the people that cut trailers should go back and watch the 80s because the 80s had this beautiful element with a lot of their movies um, and the early 90s, too, where they didn't have to tell you that much and you were just hooked. It also came up with good advertising with great posters, and I think that's lacking, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, good campaign's good. I mean, Deadpool didn't show us really what the hell the movies were about, but the campaign was so good, it hooked people that were – you know, not knowing who the heck Deadpool was, and us too, as people that love the uh, superhero film. So it all depends, really. Um, I just think that if you look at it from our level, yes, it sucks, but is it going to affect the industry? No, because it's, those are literally going to get the general public in there. You could ruin something, and a lot of people are not going to notice or care once it happens in the movie either. We see that stuff. I just don't think they do. Very well said. Uh, yeah, very well said. So then I'll ask you personally, when you got the report, because, you know, we we report all this stuff, of who Ares was exactly, did that bother you? <sighs> Fucking sucked. <laughs> That's all. Like, really? Because what sucked was that did, that wasn't a reveal. That's something that if if you were reporting and you were listening towards news or superheroes, you're going to find out information like that and literally – I knew the whole entire time because of, you know, reporting about it or or you reporting about it, whoever did, uh, you know, a couple months prior. So, yeah, that that, that type of stuff really does stink. But once again, I mean, I'm the one who wants to find out all that information and got involved with with, uh, knowing, you know, first about movies and trying to report it. So I guess it's my fault. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily think it's 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 your fault. It's just the thing of, you know, being passionate about movies, you kind of want to see it and not necessarily go, all right, well, I knew this was going to happen. All right, well, I, I, I knew this was going to pop up. Or, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I will say, you know, once I found out who Ares was exactly, it didn't take anything away from the movie whatsoever, but it upset me a little bit, mainly because um, took away from the reveal. I thought I, right, and that, and I thought I knew who Ares was already. So it was one yeah. of the things where it was like, man, right. I kind of wanted him to be Ares, not this other yeah. guy. But like I said, it didn't 
it didn't make the movie bad. It didn't ruin it. It didn't, you know, make the movie any less of a of a great film that it was. But still, as a average moviegoer, because we're still that, um, you know, you kind of on one hand are like, damn, like I kind of wanted to watch it, and then when I see it, just be like, oh man, that was crazy. I didn't see that coming. Um, it'd be the equivalent of if someone told us back when Saw first came out. Like, you know, if we knew who Jigsaw was before we actually saw the movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. it kind of would have been like, oh, god damn. Because like, <laughs> I, I never would have saw that coming. We'd have been ye- yelling at Carrie Ellis the whole damn time. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Dan. And I will say, and I'm, I'm sure all of you guys would, would agree with me, is that the one thing that the Justice League trailers nailed is the fact that they didn't – like, that last one was great because it showed you Superman – but it didn't really show you Superman. And so right. I did think that that aspect, and I didn't get to say it, was very brilliant of them because I didn't want to yeah. see a lantern in it. I did not want to see, you know, I would have loved to see it a little bit more from the villain because we don't, even comic book fans don't know a hell of a lot about, about Steppenwolf, just the basics, basically. And um, mm-hmm. it would have been nice. But, uh, you know, I, that's, I, I will say about that trailer is that it didn't give us too much uh, with the whole Superman stuff. Absolutely. No. Can I say yeah, one thing? Nah. Yeah, go ahead, Joel. Absolutely. Uh, um, I have a friend, and I would like to call him one of those, like, he likes this type of stuff, but he's, like, always behind. And, like, he always sends me stuff, and, like, I know this, like, a month ahead before he, like, even realizes it. And it's like, I have yeah. a Gerald? Is it Gerald? No, <laughs> wait. Uh, Dave <laughs> Vimey. <laughs> no, not Gerald. Not Gerald. But, I like, I, I'm just saying, like, he's what I call a, not a fan fan. He's not us. Like, we have to know this stuff. Wait, are you said, sure it's not Gerald? It's not Gerald, I promise. It's not Gerald. Gerald's a little better, honestly, than him. Um, <laughs> he is, he is. We're just kidding, Gerald. But, Sorry, but, yeah, Gerald. <laughs> Gerald did his thing out. Gerald broke something today, so I'm going to give him credit. Um, anyway, yeah, the, he is what I call the general public, and they're usually not on top of shit. He didn't even know there was a Justice League trailer, like the first trailer dropped, but he didn't know like two months after whether there was a Justice League trailer. And he likes this type of stuff. So, yeah, like the general public is always like completely blind anyway. So as long as you're not one of us and we don't tell you, you're pretty much okay if you're just uh, a general movie fan. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's a great point. I just wanted to kind of, you know, when I, when I thought of this question, I thought of, um, and, you know, the, the biggest reason why I thought I, I'd ask it was the whole Aries situation and you know and when when i say could it ruin it i don't mean as far as like it'll ruin it to the point to where we don't have a superhero movie industry but the shock and awe value like when we know the villain you know when we're getting stories about who the villains are gonna be and the story and the plot it kind of starts to eat away at the suspense of it and you being surprised even as a fan uh but go ahead nick you were gonna say something no, I was just saying it's that Kaiser Soze moment. Um, I'm not going to even say the film um, because if you don't know the film, I hope you watch the film one day and you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you know the film, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it's that reveal. It's that 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 moment where everything that has been turned on its head gets uprighted and you know exactly what's going on um, and the audience uh, and 
it, it, it's it's the moment where the audience and and the characters catch up with one another at the same exact time. And that's a very tough moment to pull off in film. There's a lot of times where you can pull off moments where the audience knows something that the characters don't know. Or the characters know something that the audience doesn't know. And each gets right. revealed over time. But when you pull off something that the audience and characters figure out at the same time, that is 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 the perfection of reveal in cinema. Right. And I mean, it is important to let the the you know our audience know you're not getting many surprising things out of superhero movies. They're pretty straightforward. Um, so we don't want to make it sound like these are suspenseful movies. They're not. <laughs> so it's not usually always a big reveal. But we're huge fans of end credit scenes. So if like Guardians two, I told you guys uh, the my favorite thing of the entire film was um, some of their end credit scenes. So if the the watchers were something that were ruined for me ahead of time, I wouldn't have, when I saw it, I wouldn't have received it as as much as I did not knowing, or even uh, the cocoon that we saw. So, you know, it's just certain, it's certain small things like that. You kind of, even in this business, you, you, you have to report, but if you don't have, have to know it you'd rather not um but yeah i I completely agree with you guys it's not going to necessarily ruin the industry at all it's just one of those things and even to dane's great point a lot of people are like hey i kind of wanted to see this and then they show it and then they're like whoa that was way too much well what do you want then like (laughs) where's the medium where's your medium so i I completely understand guys point right um did you guys want to add anything else to this topic before we moved on Nope. Nope. All right. Um, next question um, of our topics. <laughs> this one, I laughed the entire time I was writing it. Um, I have finally seen The Mummy myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not the, not the biggest fan of that movie. Um, so my question to you guys is, we're only one movie in, and – uh, just so many issues have been happening with uh, their monster universe. One being them not even being able to possibly use the name that they originally had for the monster universe. Because DC was like, yeah, no, we're not playing that. Um, and the fact that the mummy was so horribly uh, reviewed. Um, Joel, I'll start with you. Do you think this monster's universe that they're setting up with a really good uh, – lead characters for these uh, specific roles, do you think this universe can be saved? And if so, how? I think it's possible. Uh, and as a, as a person that was really looking forward to the dark universe, um, I, I think it is possible. It's just that it has to start movie in a single form. You can't do what the mummy did. Like I saw the mummy and I was extremely disappointed by the mummy. Because uh, I liked the trailers. The trailers I liked. I liked all the trailers that came out for The Mummy. And the movie itself was kind of, what the fuck? And that, and my problem with it was, it tried too hard to be more than a mummy movie. It tried to to build the dark universe um, from within. And which was fine. It's just, like, I, it's, the ending of that movie is so, like, what the hell? I don't know what the hell that meant. Or, and I don't even know what's going. 
I really don't know what the what is he the mom? like I'm so confused by the ending of that movie. And and it's like I think it's possible to save it, but they gotta do it individually. But I also don't know what their their plan is. And I know they pushed back uh the Bride of Frankenstein a whole year because of what happened with this movie and then them trying maybe to reshuffle their cards and see if they can go in a different direction. We'll see. I mean, I think it is possible if, if they, if they, they do it right. But at the same time, if we're going to get more of the mummy, no, it's, it's, it's pretty much DOA. Yeah, I can completely understand that. Nick, um, do you think the, uh, this dark universe or monster universe can be saved? And another question to go with that, Joel kind of answered it, so I didn't really need to necessarily ask him that. <laughs> but um, how much pressure does this put on whatever the next movie is? As Joel stated, Bride of Frankenstein, if that's the very next one that they're, uh, that they're going with, can this universe be saved, and how much pressure does that put on that very next movie because of how bad the mummy was? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, to me, just make good movies. I mean, it all it all goes back to that. If Bride of Frankenstein is a good movie, it, it will 95% make uh, a profit. Like, there is the occasional really good movie that doesn't make its profit, that, that flops. Um, you're kind of seeing that with Blade Runner 2049 right now. Um it may not make back its budget. It, it like it probably will, but it might not. Um, so, yes, it can. To, to answer the question, yes, it can be saved. Just make good movies. Like that's the biggest thing to me. Like if if you make movies that people enjoy and want to go see again and again, then you'll be fine. And and with that universe, with the monster universe, you have so much potential at your disposal that there's no excuse There's to me. <laughs> there's really no excuse that you should be making bad mummy movies. I mean, hell, there's no universe in which Brendan Fraser is a better um, uh, star than... Tom Cruise, and yet the first two Mummy movies are far superior to the one that just got released. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like it really is ridiculous. Um, and 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 don't forget too that those first two Mummy movies they weren't like straight comedies. They had comedic elements, um, but they. Like they were trying to almost kind of transform Brendan Fraser into a um, heroic, um, almost action star. Uh, That's seriously the way he was presented in this film. Um, And the fact that they got Tom Cruise, I was very optimistic. I thought that's that fits. That's good. Um, But they made a shitty film. And so you make a bad film, and this is what happens. Um, so to me, yes, it can be saved. They just have to start making good films. If, if Bride of Frankenstein is a good film, and it's like they find a, a, a nice little way to connect it in like a post-credit scene, because from what I've heard, 
They don't want to try to connect it within the film. Um, you know, like, great. And, you know, they they have so many different monsters that they can pull from. Yes, I think it can be saved. I think it should be saved. And I think that uh, if they can't save it, then it should fail because, you, I mean, damn, dude, it, it's, the mon- it's the most classic quintessential monsters of our time. You should be able to make decent movies out of those guys. And if you can't, then you deserve to go bottom up. Yeah, no, I completely Damn. agree. I mean, um, this is this is one of those situations to where they don't have the luxury of um, going three strikes. It might be two strikes. <laughs> we started to honestly think it might be one strike and they're out. Uh, they don't have the luxury DC had where BVS wasn't that well received. It did. It made up its money, but it wasn't that well received. But um, it made a know, bunch of money. It made a. It did make a bunch of money. <laughs> that and those characters are characters we we you know we're dying to see, especially um, you know interact with each other. No one's yeah. dying for this dark universe or monster right. universe. Mm-hmm. So you know if Bride of Frankenstein doesn't hit. No one's gonna be pining to see what they do next. They're gonna be saying, "Gotta make good movies." Don't do it anymore. Right? I completely agree. Um, Dane, <laughs> save this monster universe. <laughs> I don't got shit. I was looking forward to this uh, a lot. Um, one thing that I have to say—I mean, to touch on what you guys are just saying—you can't not have the the movie structured, you know, as as being a good movie, like. That should be first. Everyone was attracted to the fact, like, oh, we're going to do Invisible Man with, with Johnny Depp, and we're going to... We, how the hell do you have Tom Cruise, the biggest movie star, arguably one of the biggest movie stars, and Russell Crowe, one of the biggest actors, one of the best actors of, of, of this last generation. How do you have him in this movie, and it didn't make a shit ton of money, especially with the content? Like, I don't know. I mean, right. I don't know if I have anything... I don't know if I have anything good to say about this because they went for, hey, we have this actor playing this character in this movie, and let's do all this. And I think it's kind of funny. They were like, dude, everyone's doing shared universes. We should do a shared universe. And now you see Marvel going, after Infinity War, we're going to make much more self-contained stories. DC's doing the same thing. Fox is already doing that. And now Universal's like, well, fuck. You know, because they have to make sure that they come back after this movie because – if not, if if it doesn't hit by this next movie, bye bye. I don't I don't see it going anywhere. And uh, you know, at this point, since the mummy sucked and it started off, you might as well get uh, uh, Luke Evans to come back and play Dracula and Benicio del Toro to come back and play uh, the werewolf and just pretend, just introduce them in whatever friggin' movie you want to do. I don't know. Um, I was really disappointed in that movie. Really disappointed. So I I have no idea if there's a lot of redeeming qualities from what they're going for. Yeah, it's it's gonna take it's gonna take a real like I I can't even say them getting Angelina Jolie or Gal Gadot to be uh, the bride of Frankenstein is Gadot sorry is what would uh, help save this universe mainly because they just had Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise and that movie still uh, wasn't good so I honestly I just as Nick said just make good movies but we know how difficult. Yet simple. (laughs) 
that yeah. term can be. So that'll be fun to kind of see what stems from that. But we only have um, like four minutes, three, four minutes left. I kind of just want to quickly go around and get you guys' uh, quick kind of yes or no thoughts. Um, Scott Eastwood expressed his interest in being the next Wolverine. Nick, do you give him a yes or no to being your next Wolverine? No, he's not a big enough star. I like Scott Eastwood, but but no, I I can't I can't give him that level of Wolverine's just too important of a character. No. Okay, Joel. Oh no, let me end with Joel Dane. <laughs> yes or no to Scott Eastwood as uh, your next Wolverine? Um, no. They would have to build him up through a movie. I I could see him playing his son and giving us that character to cater to the time before developing a new Wolverine. Uh, I forgot what the son's name, but they're bringing him back in the comic books and he was a part of the Ultimate James, Universe. I think, yeah, yeah some, something on those lines. So I could see that happening, but no, I don't think he would be good to play Wolverine. He looks like his dad, and his dad is who they base Wolverine off of, but that to me doesn't cater to be like, yeah, you should play him. I don't know. Joel, the ambassador. Uh, of all things Wolverine. <laughs> yes or no to uh, Scott Eastwood as your Wolverine? Uh, uh, right now, no. No, it's, it's too early right now for him to be it. In a couple of years, he'll be older. He'll have more work under his uh, his uh, resume, and uh, maybe they'll be looking to reboot uh, the character, and in that time, uh, maybe. But uh, as of right now, no, I can't say yes. All right, well, well let me sorry. rephrase that. Let me rephrase that really quickly before we uh, start to wrap it up. Um, this isn't. Let's pretend this isn't the the idea of it being anytime soon. Okay. Um, I'm just looking to see if Scott Eastwood, whether it's now or in ten years or five years, would he be the guy that you'd be okay with being your Wolverine? No. I'd be okay with him visually, <laughs> but I don't know about his work. Like I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know a lot about. Where I've only seen him in like Suicide Squad, and that's it. I think I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. But and I know what he looks Jerry like. For that's me. about it. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I, I mean, I can't say yes or no yet. It's still too early in his career for me to say that. But at the same time, I had no idea who Hugh Jackman was when that happened. So I can't. I don't want to diss him and his resume right now based on something. I just I just can't say visually but, maybe, but right now no. But here's the thing, Joel. You have an idea of who Scott Eastwood is. Like you have an idea of who he is. You had no idea of who uh, of uh, Hugh Jackman was, but you have an idea of Scott Eastwood, and you 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 know that those those two actors aren't on the same level. So that's your answer, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess. Hey. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not, I don't want to take away from the kid. I don't know. I just I haven't seen enough of him, and I, I do have my own mindset on him. But yeah, I'm just gonna say no. Let's just go with no. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the answer I was looking to get out of. It's going to be a hard Um, no for Joel. Joel's hitting him with that Randy. It's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, (laughs) Yeah. just needed to get that out of you. Uh, (laughs) We had a great show, guys. Uh, A lot of fun. We'll have more news on uh, The Last Jedi uh, by this time next week. We'll be able to elaborate more on it rather than speculate. So that'll be a lot of fun. I know a lot of us are looking forward to that. Again, yeah. World, just so you know, um, we are every Sunday now. 
No more Saturdays. We are every Sunday. Um, a few of the shows kind of got mismatched around. Um, we have uh, Full Court Press is Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. for now. For the month. Yeah, yeah for right. now. For the month. And then we'll go back to Wednesday. But for now, Wednesday is Wrestling Geeks Alliance. And Fridays will be where we review the week's TV shows, whether it be Arrow, Flash, um, Supergirl, Legends, The Gifted, whatever. We'll Gotham. be reviewing it. Uh, Gotham, sorry. I, I knew I forget. Gotham was the G word, not The Gifted. That's where I messed up. Okay. Uh, so hey, we'll be reviewing all the TV shows. So until next week, guys, we'll see you later. But uh, Rick wanted to say something before we headed out. So, good night, guys. Wubble up and up, up! Wubble up and up! Peace out! <laughs> Everyone, have a good night. That was Dane. <laughs>